life. That life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. That's why we're here, to make our joy complete. There is a joy that can be found in the gospel, in the good news of what this man, this fullness of God came to do for us. That even amidst the brokenness and amidst the suffering, amidst everything that's wrong in the world right now, our joy can still be complete because we know the one who is bringing all things back to order. We know the one who has promised to come again and make all things new. All of the wonderful blessings that we have in our life come from the hand of God. And so let's pray. Let's stand and we'll begin either if you're with us there at home or here in person, we'll begin by praying and offering our lives to him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for all the blessings that we have that we know have come from you. That you are the author of all creation. So even in those moments where we don't recognize you, still it is from you that we have received all things. We put you on the throne today. We take off our own crowns and lay them before you. And all the things that you have given us to rule over, Lord, today we, we bless you. Thank you for the ways in which we can use our creativity either to study or to work, to be parents or to be in the families. We give you all the praise for the ways in which you have used each of us to be a blessing to others and that you have filled us with that type of joy. Lord, help us now to orient our hearts to you, to recognize that you are the one who brings us life, both abundant now and eternal. Lord, open our mouths once more as your people. We do this not to simply make a noise, even if it's a beautiful one or a powerful one, but we do this now because together, together, we turn back our praise because as one body, as one community, we gather here to turn back our praise. So receive this as a simple act of worship. Receive this, Lord, as a way for us to do something together in response to this amazing good news of complete joy. In your name, Jesus, we worship. Amen. Let's worship the Lord our God.
that was awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, so can you notice how much work they've been putting in to making our experience here in worship as good as it can possibly be? Yeah, you can clap. <clears throat> and particularly, I noticed that we have a new addition back with the drums. You see there's like a shielding cage that they're building around it to help control the noise so Brian doesn't blow our eardrums out. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. That's awesome. And Felipe and team, thank you so much, you guys. It's amazing how much work you put into this to help lead this church in worship. We're going to talk a bit today about um, the community of the church and the importance of that for the blessings that come. And we're talking about this table right here and how we gather around it. But in some ways, the music part of it is like, it's like the invitation for everybody to sit down at the table together because it's something that we get to do as one. Even, you know, we have different languages, but with music, we all end up singing the same thing at one point. So thank you so much, each of you. Thank you so much for all the work you're putting in. Let's pray as we continue into our worship time of confession. Lord God, we, we are also here because, as John writes, we don't always appreciate the type, of, the type of life that we are living. And there are times in which the life we are living is not bringing good and bringing joy and bringing love. Lord, your servant wrote that if we claim to be without sin, that we deceive ourselves and that the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, help us to spend a moment now to think back on this past week. To think about that Sunday through Sunday period and help bring to our minds the ways in which we have not walked in your love and that the ways in which we have not walked with justice. Maybe it's the ways in which we have used other people to our own advantage. Lord, you see all things. So even in the things we think we're getting away with, Maybe it's the, the words we spoke to that one we love in the wrong tone. Lord, maybe it's the ways in which we used our week and our time to not glorify you and to not bring about healing, but rather just focused on ourselves. Lord, whatever it is, listen now to our own hearts as we confess before you the ways in which, the ways in which we're not holy. Amen. So here's the good news of the gospel. It says, if we are honest before the Lord, then we already know what the Lord has done for us by sending his son Jesus into this world, that upon that cross that we celebrated last week, and then upon that resurrection, we have all, we have all gone with him to the cross, but we have risen with him in his resurrection. Each one of us now can be fully convicted and convinced that putting our faith in him, that we have life and life eternal. So be filled with that complete joy once more today. You can feel free to have a seat. We're going to move into the time of, our, of, of the sermon of the word today. And um, we're in between series. We just got done with the Live His Love series. I really hope and pray that it was at some point touching something new within you. This idea that we need to be living his love ourselves, receiving it and living it, but at the same time also living it out, 
the same time living out that type of love that he modeled to us. And now that we're past that and we're in between our next teaching series, we're going to be focusing on the lectionary. The lectionary is something that the church has put together, uh, the, the Reformed, the Presbyterian Church. And what we can do is, if we follow it, every, every three years, we move through the entire Bible. So in between series, I'd like to return to the lectionary and let that guide our conversations together. So today, the lectionary brings us to Psalm 133. You can pull that open on your phone, just, or I'm not sure if you're an Apple or a Google, or a Google person. You say, hey, Google, or, or hey, Siri, whatever you say. Psalm 133, it'll pop right up. And it's pretty short. It's only a three-verse psalm. And it says this. Not in Spanish. It says this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Father, our prayer is that you would continue to open up both our minds and our hearts to who you are. That you would continue to open up both our minds and our hearts to who we are. And also open up our minds and our hearts to where you have called us. We ask that your spirit now, here with us, would give us understanding. That we would be able to follow you in ways that are new and, and refreshing and healing in the ways that bring you glory and that you may be known. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you don't know by now, I grew up a little further north in the town of Ojai. If you've never been there and you live here, you need to go. It's beautiful. Uh, I'll even give you a little tour, so just hit me up and we'll go up and we can have a little tour. I love showing people around Ojai. Yeah, John's going to take me up on that. I saw that. That's a, a perfect date idea, John. Take, take her up there. We'll do Ojai. <laughs> and it's, it's a beautiful place, but it's also not like the valley, especially when I was growing up, in, in that there was no diversity, right? So it was a small town, and, and even to this day, it's pretty homogenous in, in being more ethnically white. And as I grew up there in the Presbyterian Church, our church was just a bunch of white people. And it was, it was a joy to be in, in a group of people that were living out this psalm. How good and pleasant it is when brothers or sisters or the family of God is, is living together in unity. And it was, it was easy for us in some ways to put into practice that form of unity because we were all from the same cultural background. And it was beautiful to see that, that harmony coming in into our church and the blessings, the goodness that it was to be with the people of God. Now, I bring up the ethnicity because even though this church was pretty homogenous in its cultural background, it was still finding ways. This is, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. It was still finding ways to touch with other people that were not of that same background in other parts of the world. 
I, I belonged to a church that was trying to find ways to connect with the global church. And then particularly when I started into college, I connected with the ministry called Impact, which you all know, Pastor Christie runs that organization today. And through that, I continued to learn about the global church and connect with people from all over the world. And again, this scripture kept coming alive, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. As, as I have seen this scripture come alive in so many different settings and so many different places, it's part of the reason that it is crucial. It's crucial that the church continues to thrive in this modern world. You know, some people are questioning even if the church should continue to, to be how it once was. And in these post-COVID times, there are many people even that are in the church saying, hey, we can just keep doing everything online now. But there's a lack, <laughs> there's something that we miss if we move church virtual or if we just give up on church. Here in this passage, the psalmist is David describes two images. What are they? One is this idea of the oil. So when priests would be put into service in Israel, they would put oil on their heads to anoint them. But when it came to Aaron, they didn't just do a little dab. They opened the whole jar up and just poured it on his head. It was an exuberant, overflowing blessing of that day. And you can imagine these oils had sweet fragrances, so the, the room would have filled with this sweet fragrance as it didn't just pour onto his head and didn't just go onto his beard, but it kept going down, it says, all the way down to the collar of his robes, the mouth in the Hebrew, the mouth of his vestments. He was layered in oil. Now, for, for us today, it might be like, ew, that doesn't sound very pleasant. <laughs> Especially the, the teenagers are imagining what their faces are going to look like a week later after having oil all over them. But for, for this time and, and that situation, it is a huge blessing. Now, notice the words. It starts on his head, and then what happens? It descends. There's going to be one word used in every single analogy in the Hebrew. It's one word. Different translations mess that up, and they, they translate it different ways. It's one word. So it descends down. Okay, now to the, to the dew of Mount Hermon. Why is that so special? The, the land, the holy land, is a lot like Southern California. If, if, you, if you were knocked out and taken to uh, like a little further north, Lake Kachuma area, and you woke up, you would have a hard time discerning if you were in the, the county of Santa Barbara or, or if you were in the hills of Galilee. Same thing if you go down south, right? We have, we have our own Dead Sea. What's ours called? The Salt Sea, right? And then we have our desert. It's very dry, very arid. Just, it's very similar. And the need for water in both places is high. It's life and death. We've built our own little river to capture all that snow melt because we're going to need it this year because it's barely rained down here. It's precious, that snow melt in the Nevadas, right? That pack, we talk about, what's the pack this year? How, how high is the snow built? That's what we're talking about here with the dew of Mount Hermon. It is so precious because that's what feeds, that's what feeds the Jordan. And that river comes and brings life and blessing down to Jerusalem itself after traveling so many miles. But again, what's the word? It starts in Mount Hermon and it descends. Then the psalmist says, and there, that word is really emphasized, and there is the blessing. 
And there is the blessing, this idea that there's, there is a descending quality for life, a descending quality in which it starts in one place and then it can descend down and trickle down. And it's as if, David is saying, the community of faith that you hear together are like the there in this sentence. You're like the dew. You are like this oil that then there is blessing that descends down into our lives. It's interesting that the psalmist, that David doesn't just say that this descending blessing um, is something abstract. He calls it even life forevermore. In a couple weeks, we're going to be celebrating Pentecost. What happens on that day? The Holy Spirit, and where does it go? On top of their heads, right? It says something like tongues of fire came to rest upon their heads. And there's a blessing that then descended upon the, the people who were gathered that day. What were they suddenly able to do? Speak in different languages. And why would that be important? <laughs> Jesus had told them only a few weeks before this that they were now to go and live his love and to share the good news of his resurrection to all the world, to tell everybody about it. There's only one problem. These group of 12 people, they spoke like two or three languages. How are they going to share this love, this hope of resurrection with all of the world? Jesus said, the key is that you will be gathered together. He said, go into Jerusalem and, and wait for me together. So the day of Pentecost, it says that they were all gathered together in the upper room. About 120 of them. About the size of our church gathered together and then this dew <laughs> this oil from from there god says from the the blessing of them being in community and the, the holy spirit comes upon them then the descending happens and they were able to speak in these different languages to then be the blessing of even life forevermore in the lives of these people and share the gospel and share the good news and share the hope of resurrection but it all is predicated upon the people coming together. I firmly believe that if they were stubborn and decided that they would not gather together, that if they instead were in their different homes trying to, trying to um, worship the Lord in their own ways, but not in community, I don't think the Holy Spirit descends upon them that day. Making sense? So if we were all in our own homes that morning, not fulfilling this call upon us as God's people to meet together in community. There's something about that element that's important to God. It's, it's a crucial ingredient. It's like trying to make chocolate cake without chocolate. There's something crucial about the community coming together that God, that the Lord's decided he will use and he will, he will descend through that dew, through that oil. He'll descend through our community together to be that blessing both for our own lives of life forevermore, but then also like we see on Pentecost, to be able to spread that, that good hope of resurrection to all people. And today, I basically, in this sermon, I want to stand here and just clap, because you're doing it. Like, I, 
There's sometimes I, I, I read a passage and I'm, and I'm thinking about the sermon and I'm praying, okay, Lord, what? this is how sermons work. You read the passage and you try and figure out what, what does it want to say for itself? What does the scripture want to say for itself? It's just called exegesis. It's, it's pulling out the meaning of the passage. So I do that first. I set that down. Okay, this is what this scripture is trying to say. And then I have to figure out, and how does that relate to us right now as River of the Valley? Okay? So if River of the Valley comes up against what this scripture wants to say, what needs to be told? And a lot of times I do that, and I'm like, oh, man, this is really pushing on us. Man, we really, wow, we have a lot of weightlifting to do. When I read this and I think about us, I'm just overfilled with joy. I feel like it's a scripture that for the past 10 years, since, since, I, since I've been with you, the Lord has been pushing us and bringing our community together and forming us in a way that's different and new. But what I've seen, what I've seen is your perseverance. What I've seen is your dedication to letting the Lord mold this community of faith to whatever the Lord wants it to be. It would have been easy in many different moments in the past 10 years to check out. Very easy to, in the moments of conflict or, or, or pains of growth, to, to go to another church that might be a little more similar to what you would think is your style, your groove. And I want to stand here and clap today because so many of us for the past 10 years have seen almost everything possible to change, change, <laughs> name, denomination, seats, uh, staff leadership, screens, I mean everything, music style. It seems like everything has changed. But what's not changed? You. And in that time of growth, new people have also been brought in and brought into life forevermore. And in this moment, in this moment, the community, because of your dedication to stick together and live out this type of call, you continue to be showcasing the power of this table. The Hebrew in the beginning of it, 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 it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers or the family lives together in unity, but the word's not lives. It's actually more like, or dwells, it's more like sits, is, is the Hebrew connotation. How good and pleasant it is when the people, when the community of faith sits together in unity. As we sit together in unity, we are pointing to some sort of a gravitational force, to some sort of a power, to some sort of a hope that transcends all of the division, all of the individual tastes. We're pointing to something that's more important than just my own preferences of, of music style. As we are all drawn to Christ and we sit here together, it is a living example the gospel of Jesus Christ. How good and pleasant it is when God's people sit together in unity. The table is an important part of our worship space. And I'm, I'm, you've noticed over the years we've kind of had it in different places. And, and I'm, we're always trying to find the way to, to make it feel like we're gathering around it. Like we're all sitting together at that table. 
Yeah, it's symbolic, but it's important. It's important because it shows us and it's continuing to teach us what we value and what, what's most important. The music is awesome. The new things we've done in here, it's beautiful. It's, it's modern and sacred all at once. What's most important is that we are gathering together. And in there, what says there in verse 3, it says, for there, very emphatically, for there, for in your gathering, in your unity, there, that's where we find the blessing. That there, David says, is where we find the life forevermore. And just like on the day of Pentecost, everything with COVID now passing and people getting vaccinated, it's like spring is going to be coming. And in our unity, in our unity, once again, this can be a place of Pentecost. Once again, this will be a place which, which people will point to saying, there, there's a blessing that's descending through that type of reconciliation, that type of community of hope, of, recon of resurrection. So, I stand here today to bear witness that you all, for the past, however long you've been in the church, but for, for some of us, 10 years, for some of us longer, I say 10 because I've been here for 10. Some of us have been here much longer. I stand here to bear witness saying that you are fulfilling the scriptures. You are fulfilling this scripture and I want you to leave here proud and excited about how the Lord is going to be using the sacrifice that has been made to, to stick together in unity and, and now expecting that through this, that through this blessing, that through the descending characteristic of that blessing. People are going to be blessed by your unity. People are going to be blessed by your sacrifice. We need to keep this going. We need to keep inspired that our, our sitting together is that which God wants from us. Let's pray. So Lord, we ask that you would bless um, the witness of River of the Valley. That is our, our unity that as our harmony, that as our, our desire to be together, which outweighs so many divisions and diversities, so many tastes, Lord, I pray that you would use the sacrifice that we make in order to be a blessing descending upon every person coming in contact with our community, even life forevermore. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We'll move into our time of self-offering.